0: It's the only wrestling podcast on earth with one, two-time X Division champion, the man behind the man, behind the man at Impact Wrestling. My best friend and yours—that's PD Williams. And
1: how's she going, eh?
0: This guy is about to go back out on tour. He's about to rock the vaccine out of everybody because that's how, <laughs> that's that's how bad he's going to just lay it down in front of a live crowd because he cannot wait. That's a Lars that shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> he's won four Stanley cups. He's taken a bit of a hiatus, but now that the Stanley Cup Stanley cup playoffs are over, he's here to ask some important storyline questions. That's Darren McCarty.
2: Good to be here, boys. Thanks for holding the four down while I was gone.
0: Guys. We've had we have somebody that used to be a hype man. He was a VOD villain in a past life. His name was Aiden English. Now he's going by at what Matt Raywalt, a guy I've been a fan of. I mean, Lars and I have been talking all day back and forth about what the VOD villains meant to us as a tag team. Matt, thank you so much for joining this
3: podcast. Oh my God. I mean, at between that intro and all those accolades, I feel like I'm the least qualified person to be on this damn show, but it's an absolute honor regardless. So no, thank you for having me. So that's Dennis.
0: Yeah, that's That's me. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't, don't get it mistaken. I am absolutely the least qualified, but I do get the first question. I'm batting lead off here, Matt. And uh, I'm going to just kind of go off the bat and ask you this. And a lot of times on this podcast, with all of our experience, we talk about how sometimes that big company up north is a little late to pull the trigger, or if something's going phenomenal for a short time, and like you and the VOD villains or you and your hype man thing that you had going on, which was phenomenal, it seemed like the WWE was a day late at really pulling the trigger and and just – Capitalizing off of that popularity that both both those things had going for him, how frustrating was that for you?
3: I mean, so in the case of the vaude villains, that I think that was less of should they have when should they have pulled a trigger or anything like that. That was more of a case of not giving the audience a proper illustration, a proper introduction to a character like that. That was at that time from NXT when there there was tons of these very specific, defined, kind of call it colorful, whatever you will. We we were black and white, but uh, characters that they were very specific. And I think they grew and gained popularity with that very also very specific audience. So when you transfer that to that stage, yes, a lot of people might know it, but there's a huge swath of the audience that doesn't. And so when we come out there in this black and white entrance and like Simon with the mustache, kind of doing the old timey thing, you're going to have a good number of people who are going like, "Uh, "Okay, like I immediately kind of get it. There's something old fashioned about this. But then they just had us go out there and cut pro wrestling promos and you had to do it because they write it for you and you can ask to say X, Y, Z, but you pretty much got to do what you got to do. And then go out there and do run-ins and beat up the tag champs and do it it was like pro wrestling 101 which sometimes is fine but for those characters i we needed explanation some vignettes some hey here's who we are this is our philosophy this is what our whole thing too with that was we're not time travelers (laughs) you know what i mean we're not like that we made the jokes at the time machine later on but like that wasn't the whole thing we're not pretending to be from 1908 or something it was just that we we believe in this old school style we present ourselves that way and so on and we kind of believe in it in modern the modern world but that none of that ever got translated And it was entirely lost in translation on that main roster. And we were just kind of shoved out there into 101 wrestling, be a bad guy, beat up the good guys. You get very little time to explain who you are. And I don't know how we expect, they expected the audience to really catch on uh, given that kind of a scenario.
1: Well, I I feel like they, they, they caught on more near the end. Like, your NXT run and then getting, you know, switched over to the, the main roster. But w- what I want to know, I mean, it was super over and I think a lot of people want to see it again. Have, have you reached out to Simon or do you guys have any, like, you know, aspirations to like, get back together or anything and, and do that on the indie scene or, or even another company like an AEW sure. impact ring of honor?
3: Yeah. Um, so this is something I I've gone on record once or twice with this. I am a, and some people get mad at me. I'm a firm believer in not going backwards. Mm -hmm. And I I cherish the time and I appreciate everyone who loved it, but I'm a huge believer in like, unless unless we can take it and really, and it better be fucking good. I don't know if I can swear. You You can bleep it if you you have to. Okay. Um, It better be fucking good. Uh, I don't want to just have a Vaudevillains reunion. I've had a couple of promoters ask and I just go, look, I'd really, unless this were part of some larger project, I really don't want to revisit that. We have, I'm like, we have no issues. We're all good. We haven't, uh, we haven't talked a lot. But he's doing his thing. He's killing it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not something I want to like really go back. And that, that even goes for Rusev. A lot of people and uh, Miro have have begged for that too. And I'm like, same thing. I'd love to work with him in some capacity. I'd like to work against him, or if it's something different, maybe or evolved. I don't want to just go grab a mic and go <clears throat> and do the same thing again. Cause then you're just treading the same ground. And you're also trying to recreate magic of another company. And if I were going to show up in a separate company, whether it be impact new Japan or AEW ring of honor, whatever it is, I don't want to be trying to drag some magic from WWE and try to like, let's, let's strike lightning twice. Let's light that candle again. I'd want to create something new. So while I'm not like totally shut down on it, I'm more often than not, I'm gonna to lean towards creating something new.
4: You know, I mean, you you've sort of explained that you know you're sort of past it now, which totally sucks, honestly, <laughs> as a fan here, because it was one of the best things I had seen in wrestling in a long time. And I and I've I have i am at the age now where like I, I have been in where you where you are in your shoes, just like I don't really want to go back there. But the one thing that I, I guess, you know, since you've answered a lot of the questions, honestly, that I was going to throw your way, whose idea was that and how was that presented to you? And did you have a fucking clue about how to present this to people?
3: Uh, are you talking about the blood villains? Yes. Um, well, first, and I will say, like, I don't, I God, I feel like I'm breaking hearts out here. Uh, <laughs> as we all know, never say never. Like, like I said, I, if, if it's a good idea at the right place at the right time, I'm always open, but um, no. So that idea was pretty, I won't say sprung on us, but it it was a pretty quick jump from birth to like showing up at TV with it basically. Cause it was, I was finishing up a little bit of a run. I did that stuff with like big cast down in NXT with the singing contest had a couple of matches and stuff. And then they didn't really have anything for me right after that. And Simon was new. At the performance center there in nxt he was doing actually the rosebud thing with adam rose oh, yeah, yeah. i mean him becky lynch braun strowman elias all these guys were, were going to raw every week with adam rose and um the story i'm told i didn't hear it directly was basically that triple h at nxt tvs noticed simon and he would always show up and, and get a bow tie mustache waxed look the part which i totally give him credit for and they were looking for something for me to do to follow up the stuff I had done with Big casts and everything. And then they were trying to get the tag team division going because they needed you know, to kind of move things off of the Ascension and build some other competition in that division. So they're looking to create tag teams. So the story I just told is that Hunter pretty much went, look, English does this singing kind of Broadway thing. He does this kind of old time showman, strongman act. I'm like, maybe there's something there. And maybe there's something there when Triple H says it means every coach in the performance center runs to you the next day while you're training and is like, you guys need to put something together. You're a tag team, boss wants to see it. Something old timey. Go. And it was like, hi, I'm Matt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause he had he had showed up like a few months before and we hadn't we hadn't worked. Uh we had like shared promo class day together, but we didn't do anything together and like exchange pleasantries. But that was pretty much it. And so we kind of went home and we just kind of mashed our things together uh, and said, and I remember people kept throwing around the term vaudeville, like, Oh, old school showman vaudeville kind of stuff. Right. And so I was just like, we'll probably be bad guys. Vaudeville villain. We'll be a vaudeville villain. That's corny. That'll work in wrestling. Cool. And I went and sure enough, it kind up, it kind of stuck yeah. and, and yeah, and it just, we just kind of, we kind of went from there and, um, well, wrestling's almost like the the original vaudeville. I mean, let's just
4: be honest. I mean, and it's
3: funny. I had a great conversation a couple months after we showed up on TV. Bill Apter actually came down to the Performance Center, and he was telling me he's from like Virginia, and he's like, oh, I've got like my grandparents did like they were in like doing the tap dancing like the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, like kind of old vaudeville stuff. He loved that kind of thing, and so yeah, what I mean, it's carney right? At the end of the day, that's, it's carnival stuff. And it's, it's showman carnival barkers and uh, just old school kind of stuff like that. So we, we really had a good time with it. It was, it had a little bit of a getting used to period, but man, I'm telling you from that, Hey, you guys got to figure out something to having like one or two matches on, you know, house shows to showing up and doing our first kind of enhancement match in NXT was probably the span of a month. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty short time to build synergy with someone you've never really worked with before. So we kind of hit the ground running.
2: My question, um, because I'm the storyline guy, right? So you're a guy that's been both in in NXT and in the big company too. Is it strictly a Vince Triple H creative thing, or what are the what are the differences as a wrestler? Not not just the I guess the minor leagues to the big time as we see it as fans, but why does it seem like the storylines and the creative in NXT, that's where the gems come out of. And it's just so bland, like uh, as a wrestler, it's just, you can't get into it. That's why it's so with what you had, whether it was the, the the VOD villains or I'm a big hype man guy, right? Like the hype or the on the mic and all that stuff like this. I want to be entertained. So, it seems like what is it like, and it's always like, well, it's Triple H here and it's Vince here. But from a wrestler that's been there, like beyond that, what is is it? Is it more time? Is it preparation? Is it the hunger?
3: What? It's a lot, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's like I said, and it's changed a little bit now with NXT getting more exposure. It's on you know cable television every week and everything now. Um, I think a lot of it was it like it's it's sometimes it's lost in translation there is a very real real thing there with NXT is Hunter's baby he he had he is the Vince of NXT he has his own team of writers his own team of producers it's he pretty much gets carte blanche to do whatever he wants down there and he has of course he has power in the company so he can kind of influence things on the main roster but i mean we would there are people who would talk to him at raw or smackdown and he'd kind of have to give you a little bit of like look, I can say X, Y, or Z, but it's still, this is not my show. You know, the, okay. the old man still has the say at the end of the day. So there was a lot of, there is very much truth to that. The idea of that, like, if you're Triple H's guy, me can maybe protect you a little bit up here. And, you know, some guys had better transitions than others. But um, at the time when we were coming up, I think there were, I I just, I stand by the lost in translation thing. We had a very okay. specific thing. Uh, and NXT, especially those early days, it was that full sale crowd. Like being in front of just that crowd, they created the stars. And there was, a, was an audience of five hundred. tops, Yeah. The same five hundred. And PD, I don't know if it was similar to you when Impact Absolutely and TNA yeah. was in Universal Studios. It's that same people who show up every week, every month. Um, and so that they that's they, your community, and so it's great because they built you are. They get to know you, and so you have this built-in reaction, built-in relationship but then when thousands and thousands of people don't have that relationship with you sometimes it's hard to make that jump unless you really really lay it out for people and some people got that treatment and some people didn't there's a totem pole at the end of the day and some people are here and some people are here and that's that's kind of how it goes
0: now this isn't my question but just out of curiosity have you and pd ever crossed paths or I, ever on a show together
3: i don't no i don't i don't think we have no what exactly uh... I was at WWE very – I got a very, like, lucky signing early on. Like, I I trained and did, like, Chicago indies here, and then I got a lucky break and got called, like, six, seven months after I kind of started working on the Chicago scene here. So I – and I'd been there, so I was there the whole time.
0: Okay. Well, talking about the indies before we hit record, and if I'm blowing up your spot, we can easily take this out, but you were talking about your – your name going back out on the indies. And I don't know if you know this, but we've been pretty successful of helping people change their wrestling <laughs> names. uh Ru- Ruby Doho. So and I've heard. So if you need some help, you have four of the greatest minds sitting right here at your disposal that we could <laughs> easily help you come up with a great indie name. I think a perfect indie name
3: is. You oh, sounded like you were going to tell me. Yeah. You, no, you, no. you 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 up. You're like the perfect indie <laughs> name is. I, 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 I was <laughs> waiting.
0: I pregnant pause just to see if you were all in or out or just.
3: You know. I'm all ears. Always. I think
1: it should be called uh, uh, Matt Old Firm Casual. I mean, that's just me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, Dennis just did Matt was unfortunately like a half a hand job. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: so, Dennis, come. I mean, you've got
0: a great mind, Matt. You know what? Uh, part Full of hand is- job.
3: that'll be my last name (laughs) matt Matt (laughs) hansy
0: listen part of me thinks that you've married into one of the most iconic families somewhere in that nope nope oh no nope nope
3: nope 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 Nope. maybe hyphenated you nope go that nope (laughs) nope that's a that's a non-starter that did uh, I know that, that is that is my that is personal. That is I'm not gonna exploit that for any kind of pro wrestling uh hype whatsoever. That has that is and like I'm not trying to like get serious on it, but like that's just been a thing of mine. I'm like that that that's I, I never want to unless we somehow decided like to work with together, which we've never really, really wanted to do, but uh I, I yeah, I never want it ever to even seem Like, like I'm trying to leech off that at all. Cause that, that is my personal family um, far more than it has anything to do with the business of pro wrestling. So
1: what I want to know is, I mean, I got, I got a lot of questions, but like, so you're here right now in your life, you know what now? So you've done like commentary for uh, WWE that they have you there. So obviously you can do that. You're great at that. Um, I don't know, like your work behind, you know, the scenes or anything. I don't know if it's like aging. I don't know if you want to continue wrestling or, you know, uh, do the gimmick where you're still singing and stuff. Like what, what do you see for your future, uh, right now for you?
3: So the one, the thing that this whole like experience with both the pandemic and everything going on, getting the release and all this stuff is I want to do a lot more than just one thing. So like. Uh, and WWE does that because they control their talent so tightly, of course. So you're kind of forced in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it's a classic eggs in one basket kind of situation. And, I, you know, especially as a kind of mid-tier, lower-level talent, sometimes you don't have the cachet to pressure them to like, hey, can I go do acting roles or can I go do this? They have final say on all of that. So they kind of force the eggs mm-hmm. into one basket. And so then when they take the basket away, you're kind of left with whatever. Um, so for me, it's about I now I want opportunities to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? I'm of course I'm still wrestling. The broadcasting I really fell in love with. A lot of people have you know I got hit with the Are you getting demoted? What what's the deal? Are you getting punished or whatever? But and no, it was just an opportunity that I thought would last a month or two, and I was the one who decided to go. Let's keep this going because I wasn't getting the opportunities I wanted on SmackDown. So and I I had a great team, and it was a new skill set. So I was like, I was the one who decided to keep that going. So hell yeah, I'm open to doing broadcasting. I'm actually looking to get into broadcasting outside of wrestling. I'm fallen in love with freaking like competitive gaming, like esports stuff. It's a growing market. I would love. I've got a couple of games that I've fallen in love with that I would love to do some anal- analysis and casting for. Uh, I do. I run a YouTube page and an Instagram thing with whiskey. I do whiskey media. So like reviews, journalism. Uh, i work with certain brands from time to time doing things uh running my own podcast where we i have wrestlers on we drink some whiskey together yeah. uh, and then yeah and then of course of course acting that that's where that's where it you know started for me altogether i mean i actually got into acting so i could transfer that to wrestling and now i'll transfer back to acting hopefully um i that that one's a little more vague because it's, it's it's a tough Really tough business to break into, but I'm working with some people right now about getting some of those opportunities. So yeah, for me, it's about spreading, spreading myself out more, you know, putting my hands in more things and, uh, really trying to just, yeah, like grow a lot of things instead of just one, one thing right in front of me. Well, you know,
4: uh, my question, I guess, uh, is, is, You were with one company for a while. You get let go, pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Now we're faced with this wrestling world that is the the doors have been kicked down. And there's so much room for a wrestler to come in and do all these things like you're saying. There's so much creative freedom and you can see it in the other companies. And that's why they are successful because they're actually letting the talent be themselves, right? I mean, does that seem at all daunting to you? Because it's like you were at a place where you talked about all the eggs in one basket, which is obviously, you know, you're an indentured servant. And then they take it away and then boom, you're left with nothing. And that's probably the, the feeling that you get when you're let like, go. Oh, shit, what am I going to do next? And that's like the commonality with a lot of these wrestlers that we've had on, we've had the same experience. But now it's like the flip side of that is you have many wrestling companies to go to, all with TV, all with, you know, that could, could fill a lot of those holes that you're talking about. Is it daunting to you to like make a choice or? or what is it that you're looking for?
3: <clears throat> so no, that part, I wouldn't say done. That's a, that's a double-edged sword. And I've said this actually to a lot of people and I've said this to fans too. And I'm like, look, between like my class of people who got released and especially this year, we've seen swaths of people released and everything like that. One thing I want people to keep in mind, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, all this stuff. These companies do not have unlimited budgets. They do not have unlimited TV time and they have current they have rosters already. So a lot of people are like, why don't you go here, go here, go here. I'm like, unless I'm, am Braun Strowman, maybe or like these tip top of the tier guys that you kind of have to get. It's, it's not as simple as walking through the door. And I trust me, I've had talks with almost everybody and there are some things happening that I, that I cannot speak to yet, but um, yeah, it's not. And I say that for that, not only for me, but for a lot of these people coming kind of behind me and there's, 20, 30, 40 people kind of coming out into the independent scene in the free agency. If not everybody shows up on TV, like September 1st or whatever the date is after all their 90 days and everything like that, please don't be patient. Please don't trash all these companies for not hiring 50 people coming off of WWE contracts and stuff like that. So uh, that that's one thing. But no, so Lars, to me, that is exciting. I am the, the fact that the doors were able to have shows again, that is what I've been hoping for. The daunting part was getting let go a year, a little in and change ago and getting dropped out of a plane into quicksand. <laughs> I, I, Tyler Breeze put it the best way when he did, I think he gave his first interview after his, he goes, I've been preparing for the day to get, I got released since the day I got hired. And that if there, when you're at that company, you got to you you have to understand how fickle they are you can't be under the idea that like i'm just gonna be here forever whatever cool nothing's ever gonna go wrong so and in any other year any other moment in time i got, had the mentality of like all right yeah i do i know some people on the independence i know some shows i can go do some promotions i can hit up right away then i'll can build here we can do these conventions blah 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 i know some people overseas going let's get that ball rolling and but the timing just worked out where none of that was happening. So that was the daunting thing that was the ter- the really scary thing for me not getting like oh that sucked that's the that's a gut punch but you stand up from it a couple minutes later and you walk um yeah, the hard part was okay I can't do what I want to do, what I know I can do and that I know what I could do in any other time you know in my life or in time in, in our history. So that was the hard part. No, this, you know, coming into this, the end of summer, into the fall, audiences are coming. They are excited to get back. They want their wrestling back. They want their live events in general back. You probably know with concerts and stuff, Lars, people want to see that stuff, sports and everything too, of course. So no, that part is exciting. The opportunity is exciting. So Matt, my question is, like you mentioned,
2: when you did get released and, you know, we all we're all made, guy. All here, made. When you fall down, you got to get back up again. But you've had time to reflect. I always like asking and, and going back. But are there some of your favorite characters or some of your favorite matches that are maybe on Fight TV or on maybe YouTube that you know to go back and to hear it from a wrestler and say, "Yeah, man, this this was a fun era" or "This this time was great." Uh, did you have time to reflect back and, and, and say that, like, cause it, you hear these two guys, uh, Dennis and Lars, man, like two little school kids because they loved, like they downplay their love of the bod villains and how great it was. And and I think there's so many more people out there too, that want to know, like, what was the most fun that you had, even though there's most stress in business.
3: Oh, yeah. But I mean, it is. And you, you gotta, you gotta love what you do out there, you know, when you walk out the curtain. Cause here's the thing because it is when behind the curtain, all that, was, that's the BS kind of thing. You do yeah. it all for that, for those 10 minutes out there. You know what I mean? On stage, on in the ring, whatever it is. So, yeah, you, you better love that part because the, otherwise the rest of it probably is going to be pretty tough to be worth it. But, um, man, those, those, those NXT days, those early days are hard to beat, man. That was, um, that was a very special time that 20, like 13, 14, 15 NXT. Uh, I say this like, a like, lot, and I'm uh, not just because of present company, but it felt kind of like punk rock a little bit. Yeah, and like, we, I would talk with Sami Zayn a lot about that. We're like, it is like, we're trying. And it's funny. Cause like, we're kind of under this huge corporate umbrella of like the man WWE, but like, we're kind of doing our grinding out our own little thing here. And we're, we started, getting more and more momentum. And then we started doing like the takeovers and we started doing those road shows. And I, I don't know if it was Hunter's idea or whatever to do those road loops at like concert venues, like rock and roll clubs instead of like small armories or ar- small arenas. He did them in, in rock and roll clubs where the people are right up on top of you in these stands. And you know, it's only, it's five, 700 people or whatever. And the atmosphere was just so electric and you could just feel that momentum building. Until we hit, I remember that uh, that first takeover Brooklyn was probably both just in the moment and the match we had that night, which is where we won uh, the only championship I've won in pro wrestling, the NSC Tag Team Titles. But I I still have very fond memory, very super 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 clear memories of walking into the Barclays Center. I'd never been in there before in my life, and just taking that moment and just like doing the little three sixty gimmick and realizing not only that we're just here like we sold that motherfucker out like it wasn't like tarped off halfway and we were like closing it, like legitimate the night before summer slam wwe's like you know second biggest pay-per-view of the year um we sold that motherfucker out for this little show that's only on an over-the-top network for wwe it's not even on tv mm-hmm. you know? um that was just so. That was such a such a special time, and that match that match was a lot of fun. And I loved, the one thing I love about that match too, um, was how relatively simple it was. And not again. I love awesome intricate uh, things, but we it was a really simple. Shine him up, shut down, beat the crap out of me. Real some it was, it was <laughs> False, false, false taggy, dragging back. All oh, this is old school. Stuff. <laughs> And then a pretty simple go home, and then we just had that Gaga with the uh, with Leva Bates and Alexa Bliss and everything like that, and then just hit right into that finish, and it it, it just it was exactly what it needed to be in that moment, and it was uh, it was that was just a blast. So when anybody asks me like my favorite times, that's always one, and I will say one more thing, and it's unfortunate because some of the best times you a lot of you guys don't get to see house shows, yeah. Oh live events man those are the best you no tv pressure no commercial breaks no cuts it's just go out there you get 20 minutes do whatever and knock it out of the park sean spears i was married to for like an entire summer we tore it up up and down like uh the us we on tour we had a match in south america where we went on second and all these people in south you know like a costa rican accent are chanting this is awesome this season awesome. <laughs> and we weren't even on tv at the time like we had no tv time we did not have any kind of clout and just through our work through our characters the perfect 10 thing and this singing douchebag uh we got him in, we got him we got him into it and i just remember that's one of that is my other very fond memory we're about three quarters of the way through the match we're about to like go to the go home go finish i'm sitting there stomping a mud hole in him and they're chanting, this is on. I go, I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. He's like, hell yeah, everybody, keep going. And like, it, it was it, was a, it was a shitload of fun. It was, it was such a good memory. I love it.
0: As it's been alluded to a few times, at least me and Lars, and I know everybody else are fans of yours, but the Vob villains were one of our top tag teams. And I really feel like I got to know you through your video podcast, Wrestling with Whiskey, because I'm kind of a whiskey bourbon guy. So that's where I really felt like I got to know you. And then I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. And everybody's like, yes. If he says yes, get him on immediately. So, so here you are. And kind of what that said, A, how did you, I guess, come about deciding that you want to do something whiskey wise? And B, maybe your last name on the indie should be something <laughs> whiskey related.
2: Whiskey chill.
0: I mean, whiskey dick. Matt, Matt
3: <laughs> Dick, Wh-
2: Dick Whiskey. <laughs> Richard Whiskey. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Richard Whiskey.
3: Yeah, yes. Dick Whiskey. <laughs> your alter ego That's right. right? Like then Superman. I can work twice and get two paydays. Yes, there um, it is. See, there it is. <laughs> did it again, guys? Get a hood, right? Get a Jack Daniels mask, and uh, we'll be all set. Uh, no, for me, man, it, it all started when a couple years back. I was just at that point where like, I was still living in Florida at the time, but I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to drink like an adult, I guess, so to speak. Like I wasn't a big party guy. Um, I did a little bit when I, when I first moved down to Tampa and everything like that. And, but I, I'm always, I was kind of a homebody and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, what? like, I just, I, I don't want to do that kind of thing anymore. So I'm like, I, I would like to enjoy a drink, but I, I don't want to be sitting here pounding shots in my single bedroom apartment by myself so like i i got it i'm like my dad was always a scotch drinker just kind of neat one ice cube sipping i'm like man i'm like how do you do that because it tastes like shitty water like fire water to me if i try to do that without like chasing it with a beer or soda or like loading it with a bunch of coke or something i just how do you do that so it kind of became just like a goal i just wanted to see if i could do it and uh, i wanted to drink whiskey neat and I treated it like working out. I trained for it, and I literally like I read a book on how to how to do it. And they're like, "You got to drink every day." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and uh, now you're not getting loaded every day, but you have a, you have a little bit every day. And uh, so I sat on my couch. Literally, I grabbed a can of Coke and a, and a glass of whiskey, and I would I would I would sip. Oh shit, chase. And then I would try to sip, make the time longer. Sip, mm, chase, and then eventually I didn't need the Coke anymore. And what happened was I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. And like, it's not, it's not too bad, but what really got me down the rabbit hole was this whole internet culture. We have, there's a community for everything, Mm -hmm. everything. There's a niche for everything. Wrestling fans, sci fi fans, comic book, video games, rock and roll, whatever, musical fans, you know, musical theater geeks like me. There, there's subcultures, you know, there's Reddit, Facebook groups, all these things where it's like you can find your people, you can find your niche. And so I, I went down that rabbit hole and I was like, really? Like whiskey? Like people are collecting bottles of like wild turkey and stuff like that and podcasts. And I was just like, oh my God, there's a whole world. And when I can find something to nerd out over, I just, I deep dive and, and that's, and that's what started. And that's when I started the, the Instagram and the YouTube because it started as, Hey, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but follow me on this journey. And it's kind of evolved into what it is today. Yeah. No whiskey.
1: And it keeps you leaner than uh, drinking beer all the time. Right.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, you like half a shot before you go out with like uh yeah, with a little bit, it, it gives you a nice pump. Yeah. Oh yeah. baby <laughs> dries you out a little bit. Yep. So what I wanted to ask and I was hoping when
1: you were talking about NXT Brooklyn and winning the titles from uh you know Blake and Murphy and stuff I was yep. really hoping uh you know to talk about your day leading up to that and the the, the storyline and stuff cuz what I always like to ask is that that was your that was your first championship your only championship when when did they tell you did they tell you beforehand like yeah that's going to lead up you guys are going to win at at Brooklyn or was it like the day of where they like guess what you guys are going over
3: No I mean yeah it was it was kind of in between. So like we were doing the thing with them. And like, I think we knew we were going to go to the takeover that was, that we knew probably a couple, at least a couple weeks out, like a month out the, the previous tapings at the, at the very least, maybe a couple days before those uh, previous tapings. So we're like, Oh, okay, cool. We're, we're going to get a takeover, man. And then that, and at that time we didn't even know it was going to be Barclays yet. Like they were still, they didn't tell us that yet until like only a couple weeks out. So we were like, like, okay, cool. We're going to go do a takeover with Blake and Murphy. We loved working those guys. We figured it would be at full sale. Oh, cool. It's always an honor to be on those takeovers. And then as like, after, I think it might've been after we filmed, they like, they're like, Hey, we're, we're going to the Barclays center. We're going to tag, you know, tag it up with SummerSlam and stuff. And we're like, Oh shit. I'm like, wait, does that mean our match? Holy shit. Like, that's really cool. So we we weren't even thinking about the result yet. And then the way they were telling the story, I was like, maybe this like, this might be, but yeah, we didn't get anything until, I don't think it was that day, but it was probably less than a week before that.
1: Okay.
3: And, uh, and of course, even, even then they, they give you like the Iggy, but they give you the little, like, they could change. It too. yeah, like we're, 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 as of right now, right. I think we're, we're probably going to go this way. We'll have you guys go over to be the kind of this, this moment where we're not, you know, but you know, stay tuned <laughs> is the, is the old line. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know. And then by that, by the day, uh, the day of early, by the time we were traveling to New York, it was like a confirmed thing. Well, you know, one of the
4: things that, you know, we've, we've started posing to, you know, ex-people, WWE people, because a lot of the fans ask, like, do you have any Vince McMahon stories? Do you have any run-ins? Because we've never asked that question up until recently, because and it's all because of our viewership saying why don't you ask them and it's like well you know we never wanted to be like that kind of wrestling podcast you know we wanted to be sort of positive and stay on you know but if you did if you have any
3: vince mcmahon stories if not i got another question (laughs) (laughs) no sure sure uh and i i I told this story on like I, i started a another youtube channel briefly and i told this story but like it's it's one of the few interactions i really really had with him uh, and that's, that's probably one of the things I regret the most is not being a little bit more forceful of getting in there and getting that one-on-one time, which is very hard to get though, in, in my defense, it's really hard to get, but, um, so I don't know, I'll, I'll preface this. I don't know if any of you guys remember, there was a brief period and I think it was like the summer, it was right after the had split and Simon was gone before Rusev. So it was like that summer of like 2017, yeah. I had a couple weeks on TV where I would break down crying like randomly like after a match or something like that. Right. Okay. All right. So that, that's, that's our jump off point. Rewind a, a few days. So like a week or two prior, I remember I had gotten like new gear. I started doing, I wanted to do the painting, like the Van Gogh painting types, which I love. I'm so proud of some of my favorite gear I've ever had. I still have it. Um, and I, I had to make sure it was okay because like it's it's te- it's public domain, so it's all fine. But like you have to just make sure like nobody's going to try to sue us because it's like a real work and everything like that. So like they're like okay, it's legal. Like just show it to the boss and, and get his ideas. So I'm like all right, I'm going to show him this, and I'm going to pitch him where I want to take this character. I'm on my own now. I'm not a Vaude villain. I did the evening the drama king thing, but I'm like I want to take that. I'm here on the main roster. I want to take that and like evolve it. Like I said, I don't want to just go backwards. I want to evolve it. And so I had this whole pitch, and I go in there, and I got in there, and I sat him down. And he, when you sit down with him, all the horror stories. He is a crazy old man. Don't get me wrong. Like, and when he's in gorilla, and something's pissing him off. Yes, he'll scream, he'll curse, and all that stuff. But like in his office during the day, if you can get that time, he's a dude. And he's, come on, sit down. You know, uh, you know, how's it going? Blah blah blah. And he just he listens. You know what I mean? And so I I laid I had this whole pitch. I would just laid out well thought out idea. Cena helped me put this together. Cena was awesome with me. It is like, I'm going to take this drama King character. So I'm not just a caricature. I'm like, I am this really tortured, twisted artist. I'm trying to create my masterpiece. I can't do it. I kept, I'm freaking out, trying to figure it out. And whatever my masterpiece is, I don't know. Maybe it's being on WrestleMania. Maybe it's winning the championship. Maybe it's tearing the whole set apart i don't know like i can't even figure it out like this tortured artist thing i'm like it's dark i can like throw buckets of paint on my opponent and like try to like create something like on them like nwo style but just like more of like a crazy jackson pollock nut job Mm -hmm. in wrestling um or like again maybe i'm a piano and i'm just breaking the piano because i can't compose the idea that i want to compose all this stuff and uh, intricate artistic stuff and he takes it all in and he's like, mm. okay. And I'm like, okay. I'm kind of sitting. I'm like, all right. And he's like, you're an artist. Okay. So then you're an artist and that means you're sensitive, right? I'm like, <laughs> 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 And you, you, you guys, yeah. I'm in the future too. You guys know what's happening. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, sir. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. He's like, yeah. So things really work you up. And, uh, Maybe it causes you to cr- maybe you cry, and I'm just on the inside. I'm like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> and, but at this point, at this point, I put it all out there, and now you just got to listen to him. And yeah. I'm like, uh huh. And he's like, it's just something. It gets you. You lose a match, or something happens to you, and you you can't control those emotions because you're an artist, and you cry. <laughs> I'm like, and I was like, I suppose. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, I, 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 maybe he's like, okay, well, well let's, let's take a look at it. Thanks for coming by and <laughs> out you go. And I'm like, what does happen? <laughs> I mean, I got the gear approved. Great. But I didn't know what was going to happen. And then the next week they're like, Hey, you have this thing. So you're, you know, facing, I think, I think it was Ty Dillinger you lose uh, and you have to you break down weeping in the ring. And it says here specifically weeping. You need to, <laughs> and weep, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I tried my best to kind of turn it into what I wanted. I'm like, I'm not going to be like, Boo-hoo. I'm going to be like mad and crazy. and like, like pulling my hair out kind of thing. And like, that was okay. And but then they had to, of course, had to do a backstage with Jericho where I start weeping and he puts me on the list. Cause he was doing the listing. And <laughs> so I cry. I did that. I got put on the list, and then you never heard from me for the next, like, three weeks, and the crying thing was dead.
2: <laughs> and that was it. That's a great wow.
1: bench story, man. Great bench story.
2: <laughs> that, is, that is a great bench story. But you, one of the things that interesting, you mentioned in that story, uh, John Cena was great with doing stuff like that. You have a little insight on who are the guys that maybe were, you know, great. I'm always looking for who are, who are the guys that go above and beyond or maybe even some of the guys that are, are like awesome, like talent wise to, to watch like in person or being around.
3: Yeah. I mean, so I was in that regard, I was extremely lucky. I I consider myself extremely lucky. Most of my run up there, uh, well, as soon as I came up, they kind of started bringing that brand split back. So I did a little bit of raw SmackDown, but then they did the split that summer right after we came up and I was on SmackDown the entire time. I never went to raw and I don't know what it was if it was like producers or the writing teams who kind of just got got what they wanted. But man, SmackDown as far I mean I think it's talent in rings, but as like as humans, we got the the you know the kit and caboodle as far as all the good brothers went. Like I mean, we had such great dudes. So to touch back, really, Cena was just awesome. He's one of those guys who's like it almost makes you mad because like he's so successful and so good and like carries it all so well that it almost you want him to be a total like asshole like he's like okay well he, he's a dick though so yeah, screw yeah. his success but he's really cool and like he would like actually like sit down with me at tvs and be like hey what you know are you working are you booked tonight And i'm like no he's like why not and then like i'd say something he's like well that's not why and he would help me like work through things be like hey well you need to do this tell them this do this like me and i'm like nobody and like we, we would bond over playing piano because he was learning classical piano because apparently he didn't have enough to do, and um, <laughs> and uh, but like stuff like that and he 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 legit was a guy who would sit at Gorilla and watch every single match from the dark match to two hundred five live on on days when he was there and uh, so that was really cool but man our whole our whole locker I don't know if I'll have enough time to say everybody who was just like a good dude. Huge, huge, huge love to uh to Brody Lee. Luke Harper was such a good brother, such one of like the true people I call a friend. Like him, his wife, his children, everything like friends. Like not not just like oh, a good dude in the locker room. Like absolute friend, gem of a human being, and such such a fun guy to be around. So like all the all the time I got to spend with him is something I'll always always remember. Sami Zayn. Is such a good. It was such a weird, awesome, super cool guy. Uh, Him and Kevin, Kevin Owens, were great. New. I got to spend so much time with New Day, both in the ring and out. Those guys freaking ruled. USOs freaking rule. Like our locker room was stacked with like good dudes. That's and awesome. was, we would we would always hear like, you no, know, and there were a bunch of people on Raw who were great too. But we would like always hear like everyone on Raw is like, oh, that's, that's so stressful here today. Like they're, it's all this, it's all that, and Raw was. Cause rather still was still kind of looked at as the flagship. And we were over here, like <laughs> we're playing video games with, with woods up, up, down, down channel and chilling <laughs> in the locker room and everything. We had, it was, I don't remember ever there being like a, like a bad time. Randy Orton was another one who like took a lot of uh, interest and time with me. And like, I got to work with a lot during the Rusev day stuff. So like, man, th- there was a plethora of really good dudes in that locker room. Most of the time I was up there.
0: All right, we have time for one more question apiece. And I kind of want to take it back because you had mentioned that you didn't do a lot of time on the indie circuit. You get released in the kind of at the beginning of a pandemic. Was there a worry in your mind? Like, will people remember me when this whole thing's over and life gets back to normal? And now I have to go out on the indie circuit and, and start remaking a name for myself since you didn't really make a name for yourself the first time around because you were lucky and snatched up, not the other
3: reasons i mean yeah a little bit and not only that but like i i'm uh, very aware like i said i chose to continue doing the commentary part for so long too and as much as i love that and i feel like i grew as a professional in general it's it was on a smaller show which had a smaller platform and so like i knew i was kind of out of the spotlight already even at wwe and so i you know at this point that was yeah that was absolutely but it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, it was, it was a concern. It was a worry at first, but it was also one of those things where it was like, okay, we're going to get through this, this part of the things, however long it takes. And we're going to get back to, to working again. And like I said, I wanted to do everything. So I'm like, maybe I can still do the broadcasting and stuff. But I'm like, if I have to start kind of at ground zero and build that back up, so be it, you know I mean? That's, I think, the pro wrestling world appreciates that for the most part, fans, promoters, wrestlers appreciate that kind of thing. So I was like, I'm not going to walk in and be like, Hey, remember the Vaude villains? That was me. So you better book me in a, in a good spot or something like that. No, I'm just gonna be like, here's me. Uh, I can do, I can do X, Y, Z. It's like any, every promotion is a job interview. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I was, I was ready to work up from the bottom of the card again, if necessary.
1: See, uh I want to take it back to that Vince McMahon story just because, you know, I I feel like I can relate because and I feel like now that you said that story, you know, since he worked so close with Vince Russo, I feel like now I know where Vince Russo got it from because, I mean, I've pitched a similar idea. Like you pour it all out like and they the one thing you they get from it is not what you were trying to portray yes. like wh- when i was pitching the maple leaf muscle character all this stuff that i was going to do whatever whatever and i'm like okay i'm going to be this amateur bodybuilder whatever whatever and i i said to russo uh in passing like yeah i'll wear the i was wearing biker shorts at the time i'm like oh, i'll wear the 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 you know the, the little tights after the 15 minute pitch he goes wait you'll wear the little tights and i'm like <laughs> of course what? of all the things that's what you so Uh, But my question is, it kind of relates to this. Okay. Uh, You you started off quick with WWE, like pretty much you got signed, you know, after your training and stuff, when they signed you, did they have an idea for you? Like right off the bat, it's like, yeah, you'd be great at doing this character. Or was it more like, we just want you to like, you know, be a dude for right now and wrestle and see what happens. How, How did it go? Like and who contacted you in with that?
3: Yeah. So I, I, the reason he'll, he denies it to this day, but the reason I got a job with Norman Smiley, um, because I, when I wanted to train to wrestle, I was looking at places to go and there were places in Chicago, but at the time there wasn't anybody who had a g- really great reputation up here to do uh training. And so I was like, I knew FCW was a thing. And I went, I remember going on their website cause I, I was a little Mark and I would, I would just check out who was there. And like the little subsection, they like beginners class, you know, and it was like training. And I'm like, I'm like, that seems weird. I'm like that, like WWE's developmental would offer that. And I found out it was, it was Steve Kern who was running FCW at the time would offer a night class like twice a year, like for three months or whatever. And you'd come in, it's like, like any other school in, in, in the country, Hey, pay your deposit kid. And then uh, that'll get that lock in your spot. You come on down to Florida and then, uh, you know, we'll train you. And yeah, it was a Monday, Wednesday nights after like FCW practice let out and it was run by Norman Smiley. He was the kind of guy who ran the class. And so I got a really good rapport with him and I think I learned a lot and he's the one I think when I think the TR was kind of calling around, they were just looking for talent. They were looking to kind of fill in FCW. I think they were getting ready to call people up and everything like that. So I think they just kind of called Norman and was like, Hey, you got anybody? You know what I mean? And he, he's like, I remember we had such a good relationship and he's like, I, I put your name out there. He goes, I put you over, said you had a, you know, you're tall, you're young, you, you know, you, you kind of take to this naturally. And um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. He goes, I can't guarantee you anything. Cause I remember he called me, but he's like, but I, but I put your name out there. And then I got a, I got an email from TR one day, sent him some like pictures I had and like a match, a couple matches I did and then never heard from them again. And then I remember, <laughs> uh, I was personal training at the time, so I woke up at like three in the morning, trained people until like eleven a.m., and then I was like coming home to take a nap, and I got a phone call from a two hundred three number, and it's Johnny Ace, <laughs> and doesn't even give me a word, a, a word in Edgewise. It's literally like, "Hey kids, Johnny Ace, we're gonna go ahead. Here's what's the deal. We're gonna give you a deal. It's gonna be X amount day. We're gonna give the X amount dollars here. Blah 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 blah. See uh, it. Talk to my assistant. Click." And I'm like did I just get signed to WWE? <laughs> like, what, like what the hell just happened? And uh, did a lap around the house because uh, I was a 12 year old kid again. And uh, and yeah, that, that was it. And then I showed up and no, and it was just kind of show up, train, learn, do jobs for, you know, a young Bray Wyatt, you know, Leo Kruger, uh, Mike Dalton, which Tyler Breeze at the time, people like that, you know, Dean Ambrose, Claudio, so guys like that who were kind of on the up and up and on their cusp of getting called up. So, no, yeah, it was just like, and then we'll we'll figure stuff out. They were, just, I think they were just kind of looking for potential, throw some stuff against the wall, see what sticks sort of thing. Awesome. Well, you know,
4: I'm a, I'm a big tag team guy, and, and one of the questions I ask, you know, pretty much every wrestler at some point in his life has been in a tag team, but not very many have been in successful tag teams. You know, you have, right? So you've held a, a major belt with a tag team. What do you, what do you, I mean, I know that was sort of early on in your career and in and, and those things, but um, I don't know if you've had time to di- digest, but do you have a, 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 a maybe um, a preference like, you know, or do you not care? Do you like tag team uh, uh, wrestling more than singles or, you know, I understand it's two kind of different things as far as the psychology goes, but is there, is there something that you enjoy more than the other or not? <clears throat>
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's all situational, you know what I mean? Like I've I you know tag team wrestling when it's done well, Heather, it's just it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, um I I like that. I that to me, that's what it, it to me it comes down to kind of singles or tag team. I hate I don't want to say hate, but like I really like multi-man match like, four ways, six ways, even three ways. Something it's just like it's, it comes a little just like of a bunch of stuff. Whereas like tag teams, you have, you have all, you have four moving parts, but because there's the rules of the tags and everything like that, you have this like intricate weaving of things and you can tell, I think better stories with tag, like straight up tag team wrestling with, like that. So I, I love that. Singles is cool too. Cause I think you can slow down and tell those really dramatic stories, those really personal stories. Whereas um I think, when it comes, so I think that's what it is. For me, singles is the best for telling those really good, deep, dramatic, drawn out personal stories. Cause you're gonna have that time. You can have that those, those camera shots, those eyes one on one. It's mono and mono. That's the old old school story. Where and then I think tag team wrestling at its highest level, I think is the best for telling just those pure like athletic stories. You know, we don't have to get two in the weeds with like personal feuds and everything. where it's just like two teams vying it out. And you like, you can just tell, do so much with that environment and you can, um, tell it in so many different ways. The versatility of tag team wrestling is amazing. So yeah, when it's at its best, it's great. So like working with guys like the new day, like, um, Usos, even like Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin only had a short little run, but man, they had, they had some really great synergy and we had some awesome matches with them. So yeah, I, I I love them both for different reasons, but they're both incredible.
2: I'll wrap it up with this. And it's obviously apparent that you're a wrestling fan from way back as a little kid and got to do it uh, as, as your profession. So you've also, you, you see it from every, you have the glasses of every perspective. What is your, why do you love wrestling so much? What is your favorite part of wrestling?
3: I mean, favorite part is it's God, that's impossible. I mean, it's wrestling. Is everything you know what I mean? It is it is the best, it's a bit of every world. Like, and I, so I, I'm a theater kid, right? Okay, I was super shy kid, but I was You're like, a creative guy. Yeah, right. Um, but I was yeah. like a super shy kid, but I, I loved like fantasy, I love things like that. I always always wanted to be out there, so like I wanted to be like I loved the creativity that I played music, I did all that stuff. I, I was an artsy fartsy kid. Um I was never the sports guy. So I was never, I was never super athletic. So it always intimidated me, but I'm like, but I also, there was something about pro wrestling and I'm, it's not a good answer because it's very just intangible and it's hard to define, but there was something when I watched it where I was like, I know these guys are all jacked up and they're all, some of them are all probably roided up and all this stuff. And I'm like, but I'm like, even though that's not me, right? Like I'm not like those, like that guy, it doesn't feel like, but I'm like, but I get this. It just kind of grabbed. I'm like, I get there's something more going on, other than just like big dudes hitting each other. And so for me, I got to live out like a physical dream because again, I was I was never gonna play football. I was never gonna wrestle olympically. I was never gonna be a weight professional weightlifter. But I'm like, but I'm like, I'm athletic enough to do this. Like I just I knew it. I wait, like I would mess around on the trampoline as a kid. And like and all of a sudden, I'm like, I just oh, something about this clicks. And I still get to be creative and perform and emote and all this stuff. It's not just simply trying to score points. I get to do kind of everything I want to do. I can talk and do monologues like when I do when I'm acting. I can um, it's big lights, extravaganza, over-the-top show. And then you get in there and do physically cool and entertaining stuff. It's, it, it is. It's the best version of a modern circus. But there is, there's, there's something for everybody. It is, it's the most versatile. It is the most versatile form of entertainment I've ever seen. And it's something I tell people, I'm like, yeah, okay. There's a lot of stigmas about wrestling, but, but I'm telling you, go to, go to an indie show, go to a house show, go to something besides like WWE TV or pay-per-view. And I'm like, sit in the crowd and tell me you don't have fun. Mm. I don't care if you're like, you don't have to become a lifelong fan after that, but don't you dare tell me you go watch a, a pro wrestling show and don't have some fun, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's the it's the most versatile performance
2: out there. What I heard is wrestling brought everything together for you. Yeah. it's sort of like the tie that binds it. Absolutely, so that, that, that's awesome, bro. All, all absolutely, bro. all I heard is that you're sensitive and that you want to cry. <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you you'd know that because you're an artist.
3: <laughs>
0: oh man! Matt, I don't say this to many guests, but uh, Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I, I, I'm i counting the days until we have you back on because this was such, a, such an amazing, fun. You made our job easier just sitting back and asking the question and listening. So that this, I'll say this. Where can people find you? Because I know you've got your wrestling with whiskey. You've got your Twitch channel. What else?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, it it breaks down pretty simply. Like, so drama King Matt is kind of where I've, I've branded everything. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch is all drama King Matt, easy to find. And then the other side of things is, is wrestling with whiskey, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, and the podcast is, is I put the video version on YouTube, but the audio version is on, it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, all that stuff. Straight shooting is the name of the podcast. Uh, That's associated with Wrestling With Whiskey. But yeah, look up Drama King Matt or Wrestling With Whiskey pretty much anywhere and you will find my candy ass.
0: Well, for everybody at home, the podcast is over for us. We're going to say our goodbyes off the air. Matt, one more time. Thank you so much for this.
3: No, guys, thank you very much for having me. It was an absolute honor.